Hi guys, it's Pleasance here and it's the middle of the summer and I just wanted to say thanks for listening. We're up to over 2,000 listeners and I'm super proud of our community and all the wonderful guests that we've had. The next few weeks, we're going to have some of my most favorite female friends who are totally rocking their self-care, their businesses, their families, their lives, really inspiring women, and I hope you enjoy listening to them and hearing our conversations. Um, Thanks to those who've reached out on some topics that you want me to dive in deeper with. I'm going to do journaling and um, also something around uh, the self-coaching model that Brooke Castillo teaches. So stay tuned for those. Um, Also, I just wanted to say that if you're enjoying these conversations and the recordings um, and the things that we're talking about and teaching, that I do invite you to join our Thrive community. Um, Our community of women is, some are in DC area, some are beyond. And looking towards the fall, we're going to have monthly sacred circles. Um, I have two new beautiful community leaders within Thrive, our Plan to Thrive community and our community um, for the healthy habits based in Ayurveda and well-being. So if you want more connection, community, and you're just craving authenticity in this busy world that we're living in, join us. Uh, hope you have a great day. Littleohm.com backslash thrive. See you soon. Hello, are you there? There you are. Yes. <laughs> Sorry about that. My first time. I'm an anchor newbie. Well, it's so funny because I, like, you know, I mean, purposefully decided to use Anchor because of the simplicity. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things that I'm learning, right, because I'm new to this, is how to communicate best with guests on streamlining the onboard. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so this whole time, like every time I have someone like totally new to anchor, I'm like, write, I write down notes. What needs to be in the (laughs) follow-up email? What do I need to remind people of? So this is an example of real life. Here we are. (laughs) I love (laughs) it. Which is the only way that we could be. (laughs) So of course. Um, you guys, this is my dear friend Katie, and she is the host of Biz Women Rock, which I'm obsessed with. Yay. That podcast, I love <laughs> it you. so much. Um, <laughs> and she has this awesome like rock and roll that plays after she does the intro, so I'm obsessed with it. And um, Katie and I met at a women's business retreat. Mm. From the amazing and wonderful Rachel Cook, who's actually yes. coming on in August to talk about motherhood and business and life. Um, but Rach is a dear friend, and Katie and I were at the same retreat in, it was in January. Yeah. Um, I remember very clearly. Um, and across the room, we sort of like caught eyes and then ended up in this group together. And I was like, I want to hang out with her more. Like, <laughs> she had such good vibe and good energy. And was so, you know, a lot of times I go to these things and people, um, the women are really in their head energetically, not really looking around for other high vibe sort of soul sisters. They, they tend to be sort of really focused. <clears throat> and sometimes, I don't know if you've experienced this, Rachel doesn't really attract this type of business owner. So I don't see it so much with Rach, but in other communities that I'm in. Sometimes it's very negative and complainy yes. and just loads of issues rather than problem solving and uplifting one another. Yes. Yeah. So I'm an uplifter and a problem solver and so is Katie. So we were just like magnets like towards each other. And since then have been communicating and talking mostly about life and motherhood and relationships and sometimes about business. Um, and when Katie told me what she was working on for her business and her new ideas and all the things she was literally birthing, (laughs) I was like, you have to come on and talk to the little Omis in our community about, you know, change and evolution and self-care and how you're managing all of that. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. And it's worth noting that I literally felt the exact same way about you. I was like, (laughs) oh, I feel that Mm -hmm. I need to know her. I'm going to know her somehow. Mm-hmm. So, and honestly, <laughs> I love having a podcast for that reason. Cause it's such a great excuse to like 
hey, let's start a relationship. Hey, I would love to have you on my podcast. And it's become a really good opener for me. (laughs) Yes. And I think one of the things that I said recently too, to someone else was like, you know, we're, I'm having like Katie and I are having these conversations off the podcast that are real and sometimes serious and thoughtful and sometimes emotional. And I think that because um, we live in a world where that's not always like appropriate, right? Like if you're in the playground and you're like at pickup and someone says, how are you? And you're like, well, actually I'm really going through a hard time and here's the truth. Like sometimes that's, it's a little much. So having the podcast platform and having these authentic relationships, um, I know myself, like I love listening to them and learning about other women's lives and sort of walking around my neighborhood and just thinking like me too. Um, And that, that kind of intimate support and authenticity keeps me going. Yeah. Yeah. I think it continues to fuel my love of women and my connection to other women and their experiences. And not only how we're the same, because I ultimately believe like we're all connected. We Mm -hmm. all go through similar stuff, but also like how we're different and how how we can learn from one another. Like you, mm-hmm. you and I were talking yesterday and you said something. I was like, Oh, I need to keep remembering that. God. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's great. I, I totally forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just helps. All, I think all of those differences, yes. the, the yep. sameness helps me connect and feel yeah. like one, but the differences help me become a better person and continue to evolve myself. Okay. This is an amazing point because I didn't even like, now I'm putting it together and kind of connecting So a lot of the podcasts that I listen to, the women have a completely different life than I do. Yeah. Interesting, right? I am closest, and again, like in quotes, air quotes, because I'm not really close to these people. I just like pretend that I am because I listen (laughs) to their voices and their thoughts all the time, are mostly women who don't have children, Mm. mostly women who are not in relationships or the relationship's quite rocky and they talk about that. Um, I listened to this, um, this one Enneagram podcast where it is, she's currently a woman, formerly a man. Um, and so the amount of diversity, um, that you can experience through podcasting is amazing. And it's exactly that, that because my little world, I don't know what your, I mean, I haven't come down to see you in Florida, so I don't know what your neighborhood and your sort of vibe is where you live. But where we are in D.C., there's so much similarity. Mm. Everyone went to the, these good schools. They got good jobs. They checked all the boxes. That's why they live in this neighborhood. It has, like, an awesome public school. So there's all this sort of, like, sameness. And so yeah. I love to put my headphones on and just go explore the world. Like, do you know who Nicole Antoinette is from Real Talk Radio? Uh, I feel like I've heard her name. I, I don't. Oh. I don't know her, but I feel like I've heard her name before. Definitely, she's amazing, and we've become friends because I um, have been in touch with her. She writes a lot to us. I'm, I Patreon support her. Nice. And um, so, so we become friends through the Patreon support through writing. I, she had me on one of her Patreon supporter podcast episodes, and she had an event in DC, and I went to it. Girl, she is backpacking alone. She's through hiking the Pacific Trail on her own for the next four months. I love it. How awesome is that? And I'm just like, what? (laughs) And she, by the way, like grew up in New York City, total city girl, like not, I mean, just, I, she, I just learned so much from these life experiences. So that's what I think you're so right. It's a, a, like, I feel close and connected to the sameness, but the differences is what kind of gives me a lot of energy too. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So agree. Um, okay, so give us a little of your like background, what's happening in your life, what's happening in your business. Like, Give us a little bit of a picture of sort of where you're at right now. Yeah, so where I'm at right now. So it is, at the time we're recording, it's 2018, it's summer, and I have had the privilege of running uh, my own company called Biz Women Rock for the past four and a half years. And um, that company started with the pop still exists Mm. and, um, and really started with and still does marry two loves that I really have women and business. And I have that love of business because my husband and I, since 2008 ran a company called Tampa Bay business owners, Mm -hmm. which was sort of like a chamber of commerce, but just for entrepreneurs here in the Tampa Bay area. 
And so from 2008 to it actually closed down just earlier this year, but I have been out of it since 2016. Mm -hmm. Um, We just surrounded ourselves by entrepreneurs and business owners and people who were really positive because that's what we ended up attracting, like people who were not going to buy into the 2008, 2009, 2010, like, oh my God, there's no business to be had anywhere. Everything's crashing, but showed up to say, how, mm-hmm. how am I going to do business? How do I need to shift? What do I need to learn? How can I connect with people who are going to support me through this? And so, mm-hmm. um, so our jobs back then were as facilitators of education, as facilitators of relationships for our members. And so just through that experience, on a few levels, like a, we were, you know, I was dealing with, and my customers were, and my members were entrepreneurs. Uh, B, I was an entrepreneur. That was my first entrepreneurial endeavor. I jumped into that business with no experience, quit my job, you know, just a few months into it. And, um, and and then the one-on-one relationships with people that I, that I built. So it just made me fall in love with this life and this mindset Mm -hmm. and this completely different paradigm called owning your own business. And so mm-hmm. Biz Women Rock then was the my way to do that on my own mm-hmm. in the way that was important to me. Now, um, over these four and a half years, Biz Women Rock has developed into a whole community. And I, I get to service that community of, of women entrepreneurs by one-on-one coaching and strategizing with them, which is really one of my favorite ways to be able to support. I have done masterminds. I have done live events, uh, retreats. I have done online education, live education within a Facebook group that I have. Um, and it's just be, it's, it's honestly been a big playground for me to like mm-hmm. show up and say, I love business. I love women. How can I support? How can I bring these women together? So, um, so that's where life was about four months ago. <laughs> and it was, it was beautiful at that. I have a two, two and a half year old daughter, um, made life very interesting. And, um, and I know that's, that's another reason why I'm really attracted to Rachel too, because we definitely talk the, the mompreneur Mm -hmm. life. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but about four months ago, um, we found out that we are pregnant with baby number two Mm -hmm. and which just lit me up. I was so excited. And then something unexpected happened. Like I just got this overwhelming feeling of like, oh my God, everything that I had planned for my business and this beautiful like growth strategy and plan that I had been on isn't going to work that way anymore because this baby's coming in December and I had big plans for the latter half of the year and, and things can't work the way that I had planned them to work. So it took me down into a really deep, dark place of really like do I even want to be in business anymore? Mm-hmm. And, and it's worth noting that, you know, lots of hormones were happening at that time. <laughs> of course. Lots of nausea, lots of first <clears throat> trimester yucky kind of stuff. But it was like a- any woman or person in general who has had any sort of life thing, whether good or bad, happen to them all of a sudden. It's that moment of like things just get completely reshifted and, sh- and shoveled mm-hmm. around and you're trying to make sense of it. So, so for a solid... Um, I th- for solid like six weeks, I was sort of in this space of like pause and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what am I going to do? And I can still go that path, but I would just have to reorganize what that path looks like. And is that really what I want to do right now? And, and can I, is that a sustainable business model for me with an infant and a toddler? Mm-hmm. Um, what does that look like? And so, you know, I was walking, taking a lot of walks with my husband And just having these discussions and like, it's so weird. Like if you, I I know, I feel like anyone can identify with this, but like, if you've ever been in a place where you're like, (laughs) literally like the week before I found out I was pregnant, I was girl, I was on fire. I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm on, I've not that I've made it, but like, I know where I am. I know where I'm going. I'm so excited. And then all of a sudden that got wiped out. Um, it, It really took a toll on me. Like I really unraveled and not just with the business stuff, but like, what do I really want to be doing in this world? Mm -hmm. It became a very universal ethereal conversation in my Mm -hmm. head. So my husband and I would go on walks and talk all this out. And he says to me, he said, you know, you had a really, you had a really good idea back in the beginning of the year. And I think it actually happened like right before the retreat, right before I met you. And, um, and the idea was to have a meditation for women podcast. And the idea had nothing to do with my current business, but I was like, I could weave it in this way. I'll make it just for entrepreneurial women. And that would be super niche. And that'd be great. 
but it had nothing to do with my brand. Like my brand was like hardcore, like go hustle, go grow your business. Mm -hmm. You can do whatever you want. And here was this really soft brand, um, which is totally a part of who I am, but just hadn't been. And it's a part of how I show up to my community. Most definitely. Obviously you can hear, I really share from my heart, but, Mm -hmm. um, but it, but it was like, okay, I would need to figure out how to, you know, align all that stuff. So he's like, what about that idea? I, that is a phenomenal idea. You haven't acted on it yet. And let's just talk this out. Mm-hmm. So just through this brainstorm, um, I came to really see and love and own and now give li- literally give birth to <laughs> um, a brand new business for me and a brand new um, evolution of what I am being in this world and what I'm presenting to this world. And that looks like a whole podcast network, which is called the Women's Meditation Network. And the very first podcast that will be launched under that network is called the Meditation for Women podcast. Um, the other shows that will come uh, soon thereafter are Meditation for Moms, Meditation for Pregnancy, Meditation for Money Mindset, Meditation for Sleep, and so on and so forth. So mm-hmm. Um, so this, this has been a massive transitional time for me in my life, kind of figuring out like, what am I doing with my current business and how is that working out? I, how do I, I still love it. So how do I show up there in a way that's meaningful and selective? Um, and how do I give birth to this new thing that I really see as not only the next evolution of my business? I mean, that's sort of like a a byproduct of it, but it's really me. Like how am Uh I in this Uh new evolution of me and how am I showing up and how am I uh, in a, in a weird sense, packaging that gift and giving it in a way, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's, what's been going on. So, uh, by the time, you know, you hear this, that mm-hmm. will officially be out there. Yay. It's such a gift. I, I want to go back to something that you said when you were at that six weeks, like pause period yeah. and you were asking the big questions and going through, I imagine it's quite uncomfortable to Very. not have that clarity. Um, <laughs> at least that's my experience. Maybe yep. you really. And then, and then there's like part of me that actually loves that yeah. discomfort and the messiness because I've gone through it so much that now I'm like, if that's not happening regularly, like once or like a few times in a, you know, three to five year cycle, I'm like, Ooh, I'm not growing. Oh, yeah. I'm not changing. Oh, I'm not yeah. expanding. So what do, what are some specific things that you did during that pause? Like, what are some tools if say someone is listening and they're like, Ooh, I feel like I'm in that area, but yeah. I don't even know where to begin. What can yeah. I do? That's a great question. And I'm very much like you. Like I've, I've had so many of those, <laughs> those seasons, those moments where I'm like, okay, I know, mm-hmm. I know, I know what this means. Mm-hmm. I know I need to get on the other side of this. So one thing that I will say is that, um, I, I, I make a promise to myself that I won't take action yet yes. because I know, I know that this is a time for contemplation and to figure some stuff out and that I'll know when it's ready, when it's time to, to take action. So that allows me to go into some really deep emotional places where I can have a moment where I'm like, I don't want to own a business. I just, I want to be a mom and that's what I want to do. And I want to, and let's do that. And like, because major hormones and emotions and life situations will, will, uh, will let me go to places that are really off, off the wall and it's okay. And so I want to give my per- myself permission to do that and just say, okay, I'm not allowed to take action on this until like, I know when the right time is to take action. Right. And, and so that's kind of a baseline, but practical things that I did, number one, meditation, which is why this, this tool that I feel like I'm, I'm producing for the world is so powerful. Meditation has always been a really powerful tool for me, a quiet tool. It's not one that I brag about. It's not one that I give structure to, to other people. Like I just, I've always used it since I was like 20 years old and took my first yoga class. And there was the very end where they did a guided meditation. Like since then I've done, gone to, you know, Buddhist centers to learn and go through their meditation programs. I've gone to group meditations that friends have put together, like, you know, over the course of a year or two, I have done my own, like, listen to my own guided meditations. I'm, I'm a consumer of meditations. And so um, that was a big thing. So I, I really would find time every single day, somehow, some way, I, I wasn't too strict on when it needed to happen, um, mm-hmm. that I would just find quiet time. Sometimes that looked like um, going on a walk, but most of the times that was me sort of like giving myself silent space. Um, right alongside that is journaling. Um mm-hmm. 
And ironically, I'm a big journaler, but during the, the six, six weeks, I didn't journal a lot, mm-hmm. but I, I always had it with me in case I needed to get something out on paper. And for me, journaling has always been a way to extract the thoughts in my head and to allow the, literally the physical act of writing to help me create and see what it is I can't see in my head because there's too much stuff jumbled up in there. So mm-hmm. I, I literally use journaling sometimes to like, ask myself questions that I will then, then write out the answers to. Mm -hmm. So it's like, Hey, what do you most love right now? What do you most, what do you feel most called to do right now in this moment? What are you pissed off about? Like, what are you angry about? Like, but it's like getting, it's extracting all of that stuff. So it's not trapped in my head. Um, and being able to give myself a space where I, I might be able to write through some of the solutions or some of the, at the very least, some things that would make me feel better, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and then two more things. Number the third one is that I I I lean heavily on my inner circle. Like I, there's probably about like two, three, four women, um, and my husband is included in this, but in a very different way. Who I who know my soul, who I can call up and say, "Dude, this is what I'm feeling right now. I just need to get mm-hmm. this out." Because mm-hmm. during that season, like during that dark time, like things are really like. <laughs> it feels really like up and down daily. Like I almost feel a little crazy in those moments too, because like I could in the morning wake up super happy and life is good and super grateful. And I'm practicing this. And then by, you know, an hour later, I'm super angry about something and I just go off the wall. So, um, so during those moments, I really like, I'll use boxer, just call friends a lot and just like Mm -hmm. sort of vent and allow them to help reflect back to me who they know me to be. And that's, that's very anchoring. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the last thing I do is get out in nature. So mm-hmm. I go on walk. Well, I go on walks. I might go on a run, but like I, I'm by the water. I, I'm lucky that I live near the beach. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm around water a lot. I'm around nature a lot. I'm around animals a lot. Like it is it is about me seeing the interconnectivity of it, everything. And that mm-hmm. that move helps me see my connectedness with everything, and also how small everything is in comparison. Like you know what, Katie? Like this thing, even though it seems massive and enormous right now is in the, in the big span of things is, is small and and it is significant, but it's, it's a tiny piece in a moment in your life. So keep, keep being here until you're ready to move to the next moment. Mm -hmm. So, um, so those are four real practical things that I do. Mm Um, yeah, I love it. And I think like, that's the other thing that's kind of reinforcing, it's really validating, I know when I've gone on retreats or met with teachers and talked about, okay, here are the, the things I do. Sometimes I overcomplicate it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. Yeah. But no. Sometimes I think, you know, I go on these walks in nature and I definitely feel better after. And then I might question, is that enough? You know? Yeah. And then I, I'll go, <laughs> and then I'll have a conversation with someone like you or these teacher above, you know, whoever. And they say, Oh, you know, I go in nature or then one of my students will text me an article from a university that is sort of this, the evidence that nature works. Yeah. And I just kind of nod and say like, okay, <laughs> keep doing what you do. Like intuitively, yes. I know what to do. And yes. then life stuff comes in and I question because I'm human and yeah. then it just validates. And so now 20 years later, there's so much less of the questioning there's more just of that trust in the process. And that takes time. Mm -hmm. And people want the answers yesterday with the five steps and the easiest way and the one (laughs) pill and how you'll do it and blah, blah, blah. And my experience is the trust takes time and the practices take time. And those tools that you just went over, the specific actions, um, they, you know, one day a walk might work and, yeah. the, and the next day that kind of alone intensity in your head might be perpetuating yep. some of the anxiety or the fear. So having the toolbox and having a variety of tools as you develop that intuition and that inner guidance to help you navigate which tools are best is like, you know? Yeah. So yeah, cool. that's, that's huge. And I think ultimately what I, what I really didn't mention, but there's, a, there's an overall thing that I really, um, pull into my life during moments like this, which is a ton of grace for myself. Mm. I, I was not working out. 
I regularly, I was not like, I'm normally a person of like structure and habit and that helps me. I love that. So for example, just to say what you were saying, if I woke up one day, I said, okay, let me go on a walk. Oh my God, that worked really well. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go on a walk every day this week. I'm going to go on a walk every Tuesdays and Thursdays. That's how mm-hmm. it's going to look. I would blow, I would blow up because the next day would come and I wouldn't want to go. I just wouldn't be, I could not do it. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't work or, or I didn't meditate at the same time every single day. Like I really allow myself a ton of grace for whatever structure I need a lot of fluidity in what those needs are. But just like you said, it's important to have this toolbox of what do I need? Like there are moments where I need to be quiet and, and in myself. And there are moments where I need to talk and I need the connectivity and I need that support. So like it's the freedom and the grace to be able to move through all that stuff yeah. and use what is needed when needed. Yeah. Um, do you feel like, so what I'm also hearing is that really deep sense of inner trust and like trusting yes. yourself. Where did that come from? Were you born like that? Did you have that? Did you cultivate that intentionally? Like, where's that trust come from? Um, I, I feel like I have always been super aware of my being like my inner self. Um, and it, the ultimate answer is it came through a lot of mistakes, <laughs> mm-hmm. a, a lot of mistakes, but I'll, I'll give you actually a really good example. Um, I give my parents a lot of credit. They raised six kids. We're all relatively good people in this world. And, <laughs> you know, who's like, the one that's not? I oh want to hear who's the relatively no. good one. <laughs> I am not outing the black sheep of the family in this podcast. Um, no, I mean, like, what I'm saying is, like, look, we've got our, like, own family issues, course, right? Like, every family course, does. But, like, we're, we're all good people. We're good right. humans in this world. And so, um, <laughs> so th- my parents are just amazing parents. And so... Yeah. But, and this is just a perfect snapshot of, of why that's important because I really feel like they gave me the tools to, to mm-hmm. be an independent being. Mm-hmm. Um, probably because they didn't have enough time to like, they were like stretched <laughs> out between six kids, but, but, I, but they were conscious about it too. So like it was, it was a beautiful balance of like, go, like we're going to support you, but you need to go fly butterfly. Like we were kicked out of the house when we graduated high school. Like the, the rule was you need to leave you don't have to go to college. We would prefer that you do, but you just need to leave. You need to go find yourself. You need to go become an adult. And mm-hmm. um, just knowing that was really empowering because it was like, okay, what do I love to do? What do I really enjoy? And so I always, and my parents gave me the freedom to like, if I wanted to do something, they would, okay, go do it. And then if I didn't want to do it, okay, like, let's not do it. Let's try something else. So um, they, they did not lead me. They supported me and guided Um and the perfect mm-hmm. story to embody that is that I, I was a big athlete growing up, um, really heavy into sports, especially in high school. And the sport that I most excelled in was softball. And um, I was also a hardcore academic, like, um, and I ended up getting a full ride scholarship to Arizona State University because I was a high, you know, ranked high in the mm-hmm. GPA or whatever. Um, and so n- no questions. I went to Arizona State. Awesome. And about like two weeks in, I was like, dude, I really miss playing softball. And so I found out that the, the ASU softball team was having open tryouts. So went and tried out for the team. Um, and, uh, I made the first round, second round, third round, fourth round and final round. I got cut. So I didn't make the team. So here I was about a month into being a freshman at Arizona state, having this moment of like, well, I, I really still want to play softball. How do I do that? Mm-hmm. So I ended up finding uh, the community college local that was like, you know, 20 minutes away. I was like, oh, let me go try out for their team. I ended up making that team. Mm-hmm. And that left me in the predicament of, okay, so if I want to play on that, if I want to be eligible to play on that team, I need to be a full-time student there. Mm. But if I want to keep my scholarship at ASU, I need to be a full-time student there. And I don't mm. think that that's a very realistic way to live life of being a full-time student at two colleges <laughs> and playing a sport. So I was, I was put at 18 years old in this, in this position to make a very real adult decision called do I want to give up my money scholarship or do I, or do I, uh, stay with the scholarship? Do I stay at ASU, but, but lose the opportunity to follow something that I really feel like I want to follow. And I, then this is the perfect epitome of my parents. I call my mom, tell her about the situation. I'm, I'm sort of like really trying to feel like, what do I really want to do? What do I, and she says, 
to me. I go, here's a pros and cons. I'm so logical, right? Like, here are the pros and cons of this one. Here are the pros and cons of this one. And she says to me, Katie, do what you love and everything else will work out. Follow your heart. Everything else will work out. And so in that moment at 18 years old with a promised four-year free college in front of me, I gave that up and I decided to go play play, um, softball for a couple of years. Now, this is the resourceful part of me, though, because in the logical part, I love by that point, I loved living in the dorms. I loved the university lifestyle. So I found mm-hmm. out that I only needed to take one class at ASU in order to be eligible to live in the dorms. So I, for, so for two years, I took one class at ASU and pretty much had a life there, but was full time over at the community college and played softball there. Now, the the big the big thing about this is, is like trusting myself. It was like, okay, cool. So you would think like, that's the end of the story. Like good success. Great. She went on and played softball and followed her heart. Well, as you mentioned before, like all these seasons of these like moments that you have to like figure things out, keep on coming. So two years later, I had planned to go there, get really great, even better at softball and go and play at a collegiate level Uh, for a big university and then go and play in the Olympics and then go and have a career. Like I was really that serious about it. Mm -hmm. And two years into it, I was burnt out. I was done. Mm -hmm. I did not want to pick up another softball. And I was like, Oh my God. And so I could have said, I made the wrong decision two years ago Mm -hmm. and I should have chosen the sure thing. Right. I, I should have chosen that path. But instead what I did is I said, well now, what do I want to do now? Mm-hmm. Okay. I want, I want to be a full-time student at ASU now. And so I, I found a way to do that. That was that, uh, I found a way through being a, um, an RA, a residential assistant. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So my food was paid for, my dorm was paid for. All I had to pay for was my, was my, um, tuition. Mm -hmm. And I was able to figure that out by working, working part-time. And I was like, okay. So like, I, I just kept following, Mm -hmm. what do I really want to do? What makes me happy? And I kept getting just like my mom said, everything else works out. Everything mm-hmm. else works out. Mm-hmm. And that line of like, what's next now? Yes. I mean, I can't, and I think I've, I might even have a whole podcast episode called that, or it's like the theme of one of them, because in like the earlier, the first like few where I'm talking about like why I created this and the fear I have around identity, like, you know, from running a school and being a teacher and being associated with those communities and then starting the yoga studios and being associated with that community. And like the past two years I'm on my own and I just keep asking like, what's next? Yeah. What's next. And then what's next now helps me tune in a little bit more with the present moment, which is exactly what you're doing. And I just love, like, I want to honor the way that you, did all of that problem solving, lived in the gray zone. Like this is the biggest thing. Yes. So, oh, the uncomfortable gray. <laughs> yes. And every, so many high achieving, successful women really identify with good, bad, black, white, right, yeah. wrong. That's that perfectionist tendency to really live in those two extremes. And what I'm noticing from conversations and from my own work and teaching in groups is that that being able to see what's next now, being able to live in the gray, being able to sit with the discomfort and to not make things always right or wrong mm-hmm. um, based on external norms or societal norms, because there are, you know, in theory, like you should, quote unquote, take the full ride yep. to the school, to the higher, you know, name school, yep. like then the this. But when your heart says something different, how do you, you know, really integrate and move forward with that? And I think some of it is nature. I really do. Like, mm. I think some of it is that longer term environment that we're grown up in. I'm seeing that over and over. A lot of the perfectionist clients I have and good, bad, black, white shoulds um, who sort of fall into that category grew up in homes like that. And yeah. so there's, there's so much fear. And around breaking those rules. And I didn't grow up in that kind of home. Um, and it sounds like you had, there was a lot of personalities and a lot of <laughs> people. We have like such extremes, like I'm an only child and we have the sick. So it's so funny about that. Um, I have a half sister, but I did not grow up with her. So I grew up as a only child. Um, so I was just kind of like a latchkey kid who was like, I don't know. I mean, no one was like putting any demands on me. Yep. <laughs> like I had to just learn how to 
do everything. You know, my mom was working all the time. Um, So it's just so funny how, like, I'm just really curious about where this comes from and how do we cultivate it? If we did grow up in homes or we didn't grow up in homes or like, what does that look like? What does that feel like? And then if we are like listening to this and we're like, yes, I want more of that. How do we do that? And that's where we go to that journaling, to that quiet, to that nature, to the physical writing pen to paper and what that does for our brains. You know, it's so cool. Yeah. And I, you know, I think in addition to sort of the background that lends itself to, to that, I also think that it's like, what, what have you experienced in life? Like, Mm -hmm. and, and I, I kind of hate saying this, but it's so true. Like the, the folks who I have met who have had major um, dark moments in their life or Mm -hmm. major struggles, I feel like those are the impetus for us to be forced to go deeper because Mm -hmm. we have to, in order to come out of it, Mm -hmm. like, you know, my early twenties, I suffered from a really horrendous eating disorder. And that is a very long story that I don't need to go into, but like Mm -hmm. I, in order to get through that, like I could either live in this eating disorder that was totally crazy and not healthy and didn't feel good. Or I could choose, like, how do I follow the path of feeling good? Mm -hmm. And so it's like that question, what's the next best thing? And that led me through a 12-step program. That led me through recovery. And Mm -hmm. But I don't think that I would have the same level of connectivity to myself and my inner voice if I hadn't gone through Mm -hmm. that. So how do you, I mean, this comes up in writing all the time, right? Mm -hmm. When I spend time in writing circles, like, hard things and challenging things equal like really good content for for writing yeah Yeah. um and you know I don't have any answers here just questions around like what if you're not what if you didn't go through hard things but your inner critic is a real bully or your imposter syndrome is you are totally paralyzed or you know you can't everything was fine quote unquote you haven't really had a lot of trauma or your core wounds may not have happened yet um, I always say like, that's okay. They're coming. You know, yeah. like, we all have them. Like we all suffer. I'm sorry. I love you, but they're coming. Yeah. Um, but like, I just am really curious about that because I do find, uh, women who are saying, you know, I didn't have an eating disorder or an abusive parent or, right. you know, live alone and I'm not happy and like yeah. I'm beating myself up and I don't know how to feel better. And yeah. so, um, it's, there's not one way, there's not one answer. I'm just, you know, I'm just, I don't know, interested in it, you know? Yeah. yeah and I'm not going to say that I have like the yeah. answer, but I'll, I'll give a couple of thoughts on that, which is that first and foremost, um, there's no good that comes out of comparing pain. Like, yeah, totally. Just because that person, like somebody else who I could say like, oh, well she was, she was beat when she was young. And so like, I've, I wasn't beat. So my pain doesn't mean anything. Um, that's, there's no, no good that comes out of that. So Mm -hmm. once you realize that you do realize that you have been through pain. I mean, the core belief of Buddhism is that life is suffering, like your human experience, you, you suffer. That's part of this experience. And, and so I would even say like, if you feel pretty privileged and you feel Mm -hmm. like I haven't really gone through like major stuff in my life, but I'm unhappy that unhappiness is the pain. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And so, right. <laughs> like that's the moment. Right. So like, mm-hmm. that's why and it doesn't have to be anything um, more dramatic than that. It, it just is. Right. And, right. Right. And so that's the, that's the moment. That's the space to then dive into and say, well, why am I unhappy? And, um, and this is why I do love writing as well. Cause I can literally write that. Why am I unhappy? And the, the practice of writing it out, is a safe space for me to explore why that might be, mm-hmm. even if I'm talking gibberish. And even if I'm like, well, uh, here's what always happens. I end up starting writing something like, well, I'm unhappy because of this, this, and this. And I'm re- it ends up being a momentary thing. Like so-and-so pissed me off in this moment, right? But that ends up leading me to, well, why did that trigger me so much? Well, uh, well it's because I, real- I feel totally unloved. And mm-hmm. I-, I don't feel like he really cares about me right now. And he keeps cutting me off. And that was just the straw that broke the camel's back. And like it ends up deep going deeper into stuff. And, and I think mm-hmm. by doing that exploration, mm-hmm. you excavate mm-hmm. that stuff. And so you don't need to have any major quote unquote drama to have happened to you. But there's, there's, you have experienced suffering, you have experienced pain. And so those are the moments to dive into. Yeah. Yeah, totally. 
Um, okay, I want to shift gears on something and ask about what the courage and this sort of, okay, so you're shifting from Biz Women Rock. Will you still have Biz Women Rock? Yes, yes. Okay. So as of now, the plan is to still do it. It still exists. I still okay. um, accept one-on-one clients and I still okay. do the podcast. It still exists out there. Okay, so as you transition into the network, the meditation network, um, is there anything coming up that you noticed with, um, like this is feels like, and I could be wrong, but feels like a new external world for you, meaning yes. stepping into um, more of this, m- more of the meditation, spiritual, holistic, that, that world, right? Yeah. Yep. So uh, is anything coming up for you with that sort of change of topic or theme with imposter syndrome or anything like that? Like, did you have to go, I'm trying to also get at the credentials part slash yep. <laughs> what your experience, because I'm constantly thinking about this and curious about this as we change, like what makes you an expert? What makes me an expert? What do we do for that? And how do we really, again, in the name, like my whole mission is around service. So I I often like that to me is the most important thing. And that piece you said about my strength, your strength showing up and offering the meditation network as a gift of your strengths. It's so powerful. So talk to me a little about this shift. Oh my God. This is such a great question. I, I, by the way, you and I have not talked about this. So I love your intuition of knowing that this, this is real. Um, yes, the answer is absolutely yes. So I have the, the content of these meditations is me giving guided meditations and I, there is absolutely subconscious, like I'm not in this space. I'm not mm-hmm. a yogi. I've, mm-hmm. I, I've never been trained on how to give meditations. I've never formally done this. I mean, aside from like at my retreats, I've mm-hmm. walked people through meditations, but like, like I didn't even know the process for how to freaking do a meditation. I was mm-hmm. like, I would just shut my eyes and like say whatever vision I was, uh, I was experiencing in my head. Right. So, um, and this shows up in the real world because I literally have three meditations that I've written that I have been procrastinating to record because mm. I'm like, who am I to be this mm-hmm. person? Right mm-hmm. now, how I combat that is through action. Mm-hmm. A, mm-hmm. Like literally I'm like, I'm recording these podcasts today. It has to happen. Like that's why I gave myself a deadline date of when it needs to launch. So like I have to record these podcasts, so I have to do it. Um, and, but the second thing is that I <laughs> battle that imposter syndrome with how I'm going to connect and the ultimate reason that I'm here. So meaning um, I'm an, I'm not a yogi. I'm not educated about like, I am not the person who has ever been to spiritual conferences or meditation. Mm -hmm. Like I do not live in that world. Mm -hmm. I'm an ordinary woman. And that's why this is so special. Mm -hmm. That's exactly. So I almost flip it on its head because I'm like, that's why I have every right to show up. I'm not pretending Mm -hmm. to have credentials behind me. I am showing up as a very real human being, a very real woman who has experienced this world and continues to experience it. And I just want to share that and reach out and touch other women who are, are, well, I shouldn't say ordinary. We we are not ordinary people Mm -hmm. like these individual beings like that are just like me in that way. And, And to me, like connectivity, connectivity is a big value of mine. Like I, I need to feel like I'm relatable to people. And so mm-hmm. for me, that was a, that was an easy space to go. Like, okay, let me just flip this on its head. No, it's going to be, I'm, people aren't going to question me because I'm relatable and I'm just like them. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what I had done in business too. Like, I don't, I don't have an, a master's degree in business. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have, I haven't ran a multi-million or multi-billion dollar company, but mm-hmm. like I have experience and I have intuition and I have a bunch of knowledge, both book knowledge, learn, learn knowledge and experiential knowledge that lend itself to being able to help support women. Um, but I've never been the person with the credentials behind me, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, the answer is absolutely yes. Mm-hmm. And the way I get through it is just like take action on it, give myself some realistic deadlines. Um, and then also really honor my gifts that I do have that I am bringing to the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that it's just a really interesting time um, because so many paradigms are shifting because the old school method of like all the credentials equal um, the talent or the strength, like it's just not true. I mean, in terms of teaching, in terms of experience, in terms of leadership. um, And there's so many ways to learn and integrate and serve and work with people 
that, um, and with the technology, we're able to do that, that it's just such a powerful time. I mean, I definitely saw that in schools, right? When I was in the classroom, like teachers who'd been quote unquote teaching for 20 years, crap, they were doing nothing. (laughs) They were sitting on their tush reading newspapers and my little newbie, you know, energetic bunny self was like teaching, you know, every grade I could every after school. So longevity does not equal, um, it does not equal quality, yeah. like just because you've been doing something for so long, let's be clear, like you can do something for a really long time and still be crap at it. And the other thing I wanted to say is that connectivity is yoga. Mm. Like you're living yoga. You don't <laughs> need to be on the damn mat in up dog, down dog and run yourself wild and pay a studio money for a 90 minute class. These are all made up arbitrary baloney western ways of putting yoga in a box monetizing it and saying you're not doing it enough and you're not doing it right and one of my missions is to take a big huge hammer to that and just break it it's not true yoga is connection self source others service social justice showing up finding your habits and your patterns moving through them sitting with discomfort, being human, letting go, like that is yoga. Yeah. So you are an exquisite yogini as you are, whether <laughs> you. A, a place, did you spend 200 hours learning something that you paid three to 10 grand for, for someone who's not even practicing yoga off their mat to mm. approve? It, it's just a ridiculous system. Yeah. So we have to understand that yoga is connection and it shows up in your life off the mat. Yeah. If you practice on the mat and you're still an asshole to your people, <laughs> it's not yoga. It's yeah. exercise, which is fine. But let's not pretend that we're yogis. Meanwhile, all of our relationships are miserable and not working and we're mean and we're really unhappy and we're causing more suffering in the world, you know? Yeah. So thank you for practicing your yoga in real life. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. And I, and I should say that it's so worthwhile. I'm a hundred percent in agreement with everything you said. It's, but it's really worthwhile and something that I do, especially in the really bad moments of self-doubt. I find an example of somebody else who does it and who is respected for it. So like, I I love Oprah. I'm just so in love with that woman. And minus the whole past that she had with her Oprah show, what, what she does now, like just this one example. So she has super soul Sunday, which she then turns into super soul conversations, which is a great podcast. And she is having this podcast to talk about these deep soulful spiritual concepts well, who is she? Like, she hasn't, she's not a priest. Mm-hmm. She is not, like, she hasn't, mm-hmm. doesn't have a degree in this type of meditation. Like, mm-hmm. she's not, she's not any of those things, but she's her. Mm-hmm. And her being mm-hmm. is so beautifully giving and servicing mm-hmm. through those conversations. And so, and she's, of course, ridiculously respected and loved. And so, right. every time that it's really bad, that self doubt, I look at somebody like her and I say, okay. It's possible. Like I find an example. It's possible mm-hmm. to not have mm-hmm. the degree or the, the or the stamp of approval and to be loved and to and to give in a big way and to yep. service in such a special yep. way. Yeah. Um, it's possible was one of my phrases in of the year last year. Just oh, to keep it. remembering that. Like yes. it's possible. It's possible. And side note, because I do not want to be a hypocrite, I am obsessed with learning and education and schools. So yes, totally. That's all possible. And I personally have been, this is, I I don't, I haven't said this publicly, have been like looking at divinity schools Mm. because I'm just so interested in the learning. And I've been looking at the positive psych PhDs because I want to learn it, not because of the credentials to get me somewhere, but because I'm just like hungry for, I love learning and I love the systems of learning and I love libraries and I love (laughs) schools and I love being in them. So it's like, I'm feeling that call that at some point I'm probably going to do something that will actually be a credential, but I'm not doing it because of the credential. I'm doing it because I can't, I just like, I'm craving that 
connection <laughs> again yeah the connection <laughs> and that's that's the beauty of our world right now is <laughs> right that you can uh, uh, acquiring knowledge for the sake of an interest is so right. easy to do right now which is great right. right and that's the differentiation like like I may I may end up being somebody who goes and gets certified in totally. this thing over here but like yeah. I'm not gonna do that unless I feel like that's what I want to do and that's what mm-hmm. will help me and the credentials is just the after aftermath of all that stuff Totally. And that's how I feel about it too. And right now I'm doing, I mean, this is the world we live in. The reality is, and again, just opening up to people, it's possible. So I'm doing this positive psych certificate, which I've been talking about, which is all online. It's going to take me probably four months. I'll be done by the end of the year, but I'll have the first step towards the positive, you know, whatever that, whatever that is or means. It's just because I'm using so much positive psych in my coaching. I really wanted to integrate that. And I really wanted to dive deeper and see what the research was saying on what I already knew from the wisdom tradition. So Mm -hmm. that feels awesome. And then I already signed up for Ayurveda school, which is going to be all of 2018, all of 2019. And it's all online. We have some options for some live events, but right now the season, right with the kids, with my Mm -hmm. husband, with my clients. I actually don't want to be traveling here and there all the time. I don't want to be out and about. So the idea that I'm going to be learning these um, topics and diving deeper and really being able to deepen my own practice and studies for my clients and students and of service is like, I can do that from home. I can do that on my time. And it just feels like I just, that's when I jump up in the morning and sort of like run downstairs to go listen (laughs) to my next class. You know, I'm like, yay! every morning's like Christmas around here with that. So um, that's what's super cool about it. Okay. Katie, tell us where can people find you? Where can they find the podcast? When is it coming out? And give us all of that information so people can go follow up. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so whew, so the Meditation for Women podcast, um, eventually, not in this exact moment, but eventually in the next week mm-hmm. or two, will be um, available. You can get it on uh, like iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google Podcasts, Google Play, like whatever uh, you know, podcast listener is your preferred one. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that will be happening by the end of next week, so by the twentieth of uh, July. And, um, and then the, the corresponding website for that is meditation for women podcast.com. And, um, and you'll be able to find a bunch of cool resources that will be up there. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you for sharing. Thank you for being real. Thank you for doing this work. Um, for all the thrivers who are listening, once Katie gets a bunch up, you can pretty much be sure that I'll be sending them as homework. So (laughs) um, you can add them to your meditation. We have a meditation week in Thrive. Awesome. So we put all the resources there. So we'll add these. Of course, we call it stillness, though, not meditation. Um, But same thing, essentially. Love it. Um, So thank you for doing the work you do. Thank you for showing up today. I really appreciate you. I love you. Rub that belly for me. (laughs) I hope to see you soon. Pleasance, thank you so much. You are awesome. I sincerely appreciate you allowing me to come on. And um, thank you for so much for the work that you are doing through this Mm. podcast. Yay. Mm. Take care, girl. Bye. Bye.